when you're actually doing the breath work session, you're right. Like at the beginning, there's a lot of resistance and it can be in your mind a lot. Like this is weird. Am I doing it right? Like all of the little things that also probably come up with our businesses. Mm -hmm. Am I doing this right? Am I good enough? Oh my God, I suck at this. I'm not going to feel an effect. Oh, I'm starting to feel something. I don't know if it's right. Right? Isn't it? that happens at the beginning and then if you have someone who's directing you also it's like you know come back to your body come back to your breath welcome to the wild and well collective podcast where we believe empowered health is your superpower we have combined our expertise in medicine and nutrition to bring you the latest research expert insights and success stories of people on a mission to live a big life so buckle up and get ready to learn how to live wildly well Guys, I am so excited to be bringing on a very dear friend of Krista and myself, Megan. Megan is a certified functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, a master method coach, and a functional breathwork facilitator. Megan uses a holistic mind-body approach focused on getting the body's systems working like they're designed to, restoring, repairing, and maintaining health. She is known for integrating healing modalities, using somatic practices, breathwork, and rapid resolution therapy to clear mental and emotional stuckness and regulate the nervous system to promote physical healing. Megan shares so many tools, tips, and tricks in this episode, and I cannot wait for you guys to dive in. All right. So today we have Megan Warren to talk with us about breathwork, the power of breathwork. What is it? Who's it for? Who's it not for? I'm so excited to have you here, Megan. I'm excited to be here with you lovely ladies. Yeah. Yes, and Megan's a dear friend of ours as well, so it's so lovely to have join us and we know she's extremely extremely talented in all that she does so i'm so excited to hear her expertise in this area yeah i have to say i think you know in this space that we all met together we experienced breath work all together and for me it was the first experience i had ever had with breath work and i didn't know what to expect i thought oh this feels weird am i gonna feel anxious <laughs> like but it's really been life-changing and i find that breath work can really help you shift through a multitude of things. And and there's such a variety. Like you can do it for 10 minutes, you can do it for 30 minutes. It just kind of depends on what you're looking to do and what, what your goal is. So Megan, can you introduce us a little bit to, a little bit about what you do and then enter us into breath work and yeah, let's get this party started. Yeah, so, oh my goodness, what do I do? That's a loaded question. That's so funny. Really, my heart and my passion is helping people melt away stress. Like if I really just talk about what my experience has been in life and what I really enjoy helping people with, it's melting away stress. And using breathwork as one of those tools, one of those resources to really help them do that because everyone is faced with stress, every single one of us. And it can vary. It can vary, you know, how we manage our stress what's happening that causes us to have different life curveballs thrown our way. Like, you know, how do we react to different stressors? And on a functional medicine perspective, as all of us know, all three of us know, stress can happen, you know, just by gut infection. You know, if, if things are going on with our gut or if our hormones are imbalanced and things like that. And so, yeah, I practice functional medicine and I'm kind of transitioning more into just helping people with melting away their stress 
and feeling just really fucking good in our body, to be honest. To feel good. Like, that's what we want to feel. We want to feel good and we want to relax. And my story kind of starts with, I, for a long time, haven't felt that way. And I was unaware that I was so dysregulated. And yeah, do you want me to share a little bit about how I was introduced to breath work? Yes. Yeah. So I went on a retreat with some self-development people in 2019. And it really introduced me to what I like to call sexy breath work, peak experience breath work. Holotropic breathwork is another name for this. And I was blown away. I had a very spiritual experience with that breathwork session. And I was like, holy crap, like what is going on? I want to figure out how to do this. I want to do this. Like I, I'm going to teach breathwork one day. I don't know who I'm going to learn from. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. No. That was a little, you know, experience there. And then as you, as y'all know, like in ICM, we had a breathwork experience. We learned more about breathwork. I was doing Wim Hof breathing before 2021. I just found him on YouTube and I was like, oh, this feels good. So started doing that, which I feel like a lot of people just kind of YouTube and they, they find things and they, they jump on board and they feel a difference in their body. And so they're like, oh, this, you know, I want to do this. And then Last year in 2022, I came across this guy and I was really intrigued with his approach to everyday breathing, not just the sexy breath work, but like how are we breathing every single day? And I was like, oh, because really our chemistry changes based on how we're breathing. And I knew from a functional medicine perspective that, oh, like we can't just pull up and do an hour breath work session when we're stressed out all the time. Like <laughs> what if we could start to correct our everyday breathing? And so that's where I was like, okay, this is my guy. Loved his energy. Got certified by him. His name's Campbell. Shout out to Campbell. And yeah. And so here we are now. And I'm, I'm u- utilizing this in my practice with working with people, assessing how they're breathing. So I usually do two different tests to see the mechanics of their body, and then also their stress response, their carbon dioxide capacity. Mm-hmm. And if they're not able to hold their breath that long, that means that the body is not tolerant to stress well. Mm-hmm. It's, there's some things that you can do to start to improve that. And so, yeah, that's a little, that's one way. And then I just give different exercises depending on what's the right of your life and just helping them, like I said, use breath work as a tool. Mm-hmm. I love that you've kind of broken it down into two separate because there is really that every day, how are you breathing? And I know for me, just, you know, being introduced to breath work, it has changed the day-to-day stress. Obviously our breathing is autonomic and we just breathe. We don't think about breathing, but I definitely noticed my breathing more throughout the day because I reminded myself, like anytime I felt tension in my body, just to take these deep breaths, maybe hold my breath for five seconds, maybe do box breathing. I share that a lot with all of my clients. Really helpful to fall asleep, get out of your head and into your body. So that's been super helpful on the day-to-day basis. And it's really interesting that you said, just even the hold the breath test, like panicky feeling um, that, yeah, your body's just in fight or flight. It's amazing physiologically too, how we can train our body, our nervous system to calm down just by regulating our breath because our breath does regulate our heartbeat. And so as we slow the breath down and become very cognizant of it, we can bring everything down and be more calm. I want you to talk a little bit about the what you call the sexy breathing. (laughs) 
you know, for me, there was a lot of unknowns because you're breathing very differently for, let's say, maybe even 30 minutes. So this is definitely a session where maybe the first time you try this, you want to have somebody that's either watching you via Zoom or they're in the room with you just to kind of walk you through this because there are some... It's difficult, I think, at the very beginning to do rapid breathing over and over. And I want you to tell, talk about to our audience the some of the side effects that can start up in your body that might be a little bit uncomfortable and how you, you know, guide your clients through working through those. Yeah. So the first thing I want to say is I believe in the way that I was taught, I want to make this really clear, that not everyone should be doing this peak experience breath work. And I think that, you know, I like to go against the grain a lot. <laughs> I think this is where like breath work is such a fad right now. I feel like it's, and I've even pumped the brakes myself with like, I was doing monthly sessions, which I might still do at one point, but right now I just kind of pump the brakes and really looking at this through the lens of like, let's be smart about this. So I'm like really use breath work as a tool and it's not like a one size fits all, but you know, if, if you're in a state where your nervous system is very dysregulated all the time and you go into this peak experience, like you said, you're breathing at a really fast rate, you can freak out, you know, like you can. And so, you know, it's really good. Like you just ask, like, what are some of the things that are expected or that can happen? And these things might not happen to everybody, but what's really common and what happened to me in the first experience is I had something called tetany where your hands clench up. And this was when I was in Hawaii and I was like, I could not move. I mean, I know that the people listening to this podcast can't see me right now, but I look like I am. <laughs> I mean, it's very uncomfortable and it just feels like you're cramping. So your body can cramp. And the reason why is because you're changing the different gas levels in your body, the carbon dioxide, the oxygen, the nitrogen. There's a whole lot of different <laughs> gas exchange going on. So that's one thing that can feel uncomfortable and might freak some people out. Different emotions can come up. So there have been experiences where either myself or like doing a session with clients, you start to cry and it's, that can happen pretty fast. Emotion, like sadness, tears can come, even tears of bliss and happiness can happen. Anger. I mean, there have been times, especially, oh my gosh, when I've done this with my husband, he's like, I mean, I'm, and I'm like, get it out, boy, get it out. <laughs> Just cheering them on because I know that with the somatic work, because that's what breath work is, it's releasing, it's, you know, soma means body. And so we're releasing stored emotion or body stores emotion with breath. And so if you're doing this rapid breathing, emotion can start to release because we're not in our analytical mind. We're letting our body lead the way. And so sometimes it's like, whoa, where did that come from? And you're like, like, if you know what, like I said, come on, babe, let it out. Like, <laughs> it's just like, we're, we're excited. And like, I get excited when I see people have an experience like that, or if like I'm having an experience like that, it's like, heck yes. Like, let's just let this out without judging it mm. because I know I'm going to feel so much better when all of that's released. And so long winded press or answer, Krista, but tet me. So the tightness, emotions can come up just coldness like you can have a change in temperature in your body cool or hot you can start sweating noises yawning is really common a lot of people are like I yawned a lot you're just moving energy that doesn't necessarily mean that you're tired you're just this is how we our nervous systems get the, the response get the idea that we're safe and so you're just yawning because they're just like an energy exchange what else 
moaning, like, you know, noises, grunting can come out, things like that. So yeah, those are the main ones that, that I see and experience. Yeah. In my experience, the beginning, the first five or so minutes is, is uncomfortable because you're breathing really rapidly and it just feels like, oh, this is so uncomfortable. And then I find towards the end, like maybe towards the end of a 30 minute session, I'm just fully in this breathing pattern. And I have experienced the same thing, kind of the cramping of the hands or around my mouth. It's really a practice in letting go and trusting the experience. And you mentioned it briefly about the biochemical changes that happen in our blood, which affects our brain. And, you know, I personally have not done microdosing. I haven't done any of that at the time of this recording. <laughs> and But what can be really cool, I think, about breath work is that you can really move through, and I want you to start to touch on this too, you can move through maybe blocks that you're having in your business or blocks that you're having in a relationship, or you can have maybe just new ideas that come to you in this state, in this brain wave, in this biochemical shift in your brain, it really allows you to kind of tap into maybe more intuition or, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? And, and where do you see the benefit in helping people move through something that maybe they couldn't do outside of breath work? Yeah. So I love like an intention at the beginning. So like when you set an intention of like, this is really like, I'm ready to let go of this. This has been bugging me. I want answers to this or I feel cre creatively blocked. You know, if you set an intention, then a lot of times, you know, when we set an intention, that's how we direct our focus, right? And so first starting there, like what is your intention before you go and do a breathwork session? And then when you're actually doing the breathwork session, you're right. Like at the beginning, there's a lot of resistance and it can be in your mind a lot. Like this is weird. Am I doing it right? Like all of the little things that also probably come up with our businesses. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Am I doing this right? Am I good enough? Oh my God, I suck at this. I'm not going to feel an effect. Oh, I'm starting to feel something. I don't know if it's right. Right. Mm -hmm. it's that happens at the beginning and then you have someone who's directing you also it's like you know come back to your body come back to your breath what happens is you're accessing the amygdala in the mind and so this can be very similar to having like a trip like an lsd trip and so going back to my hawaii experience of having a very spiritual experience like that's possible because you're accessing different parts of the mind that you're not used to doing when you're in a beta wave state in a conscious state like we are right now so yeah, you're able to surrender and let go. And that's when, you know, a lot of times after the breathing, when you're just in that meditative state and you're able to really soak in everything that you just did, the thoughts will come, the creativity will come. You're like, oh, I need to do this or that. And because, you know, how often are we really that relaxed? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of us, we go get a massage and we still can't even relax when we're getting a massage. We're like, I don't want this to end. But that's a, like, right? Being proud of it. I love, yeah. I, love I know when I first did breath work, I had a real laughing reaction. Like, I had the technique hands and I was just an uncontrollable laughter. So I think, like, I love that you touched on there could be some much different array of emotions. And there's something you mentioned earlier. And I think sometimes we don't actually, you know, for our listeners that might not understand, like you mentioned nervous system dysregulation and the body feeling dysregulated. Like, what does that even look like? So for someone going, oh, I don't know if breath work is for me or if this kind of breath work is for me, how do you actually know 
Or how would you tell for someone like, okay, you are dysregulated or you might be in a state of dysregulation. This could really support you. Yeah. So there's different parts of the nervous system. You can be in ventral vagal, which is like you feel safe, Mm -hmm. right? This is when we feel like things are, we have enough time and things feel good and we feel peaceful in our bodies. We're connected to other people. And then there's fight or flight, which is just your sympathetic state. You can do this breath work in a sympathetic state. Your body is going to be in a more of a sympathetic state whenever you're doing this type of breath work. Anytime you're speeding up the rhythm of your breath, you're tapping into a sympathetic state. Also, if you hold your breath, like there's a breath work technique that I do where you're breathing in and then you hold your breath with the top of the inhale, you're tapping into a sympathetic state. And then when you exhale and you hold your breath at the bottom, you're actually tapping into a parasympathetic state. And so with the peak experience breath reflect we're talking about, you are primarily in the in a sympathetic state, right? So if you're in freeze or if you're in dorsal, which are other two other states that you can be in your nervous system, dorsal is when you're just like apathetic, you're disconnected, you're shut down. This would be the time I would say it's not best for you to do a breathwork experience like this. Because you can find yourself going back to that state after the breath work is over. So you might feel like good temporarily, but then you might fall deeper back into that state because you just dysregulated yourself even more. So for someone like that, like even just doing like a, and I hope that people can hear right now, but taking like two breaths in through your nose and then just a thigh, doing that three times can be enough for someone just to move from this dorsal state where you're feeling completely shut down to feeling just a little bit better. Like, oh, I can go and I can wash my dishes now. Or, oh, I can run to Target and like feel accomplished. But again, that's for that person who's like depressed, shut down. Those are going to be the people who might have like the extreme crying spells and just like, yeah, they make you releasing a lot. But I would say the way that I've been trained is like, first teach them how to breathe properly, teach them how to do other tools, emotional release first, and then introduce them to a proper experience like that. Mm-hmm. Does that make what sense? What are the examples that you just, you know, offer your clients as far as just day-to-day breathing? Is it checking in with tension in your body or how can... How can we start just day-to-day shifting how we breathe? Yeah. So right now, like if you're listening, just check in right now. How are you breathing in through the nose or the mouth? So just a quick assessment of, you know, if you're breathing in through the nose, this is called functional breathing. If it's slow, so if it's like fast and choppy, if it's from the chest, that's dysfunctional breathing. So mouth, chest, choppy, it's fast, it's more than 12 breaths per minute. So just first, just being aware of how you're breathing. And if you're breathing in through the nose, if you're breathing in more slow, controlled from the rib cage, the belly, a lot of times when people say belly breathe, that's, you're still not doing it properly. So what I like to say is like, take a breath and put your hands on your rib cage. But when you take a breath in, imagine your rib cage expanding and your belly will naturally expand. So just taking a deep breath in and then first breathing from the rib cage, the belly, and then the chest second and slow so like enter the nose out through the mouth and if you can do that for at least 12 breaths per minute then that's a good functional way of breathing versus dysfunctional that's more interesting yeah 
Have you heard about diving? What is it? It's deep dive, breathing people. I'm just curious if you've heard about any of that. When people go fishing without the rods, when they go with a spear, it's fascinating. They're, they found that in the training for spear fishing, you have to breathe differently in order to hold your breath long enough to go underwater. And what they found were that these people were having residual effects of uh, euphoria or, you know, less anxiety, just able to really regulate that anxiety of being underwater for a longer than normal period of time. And I heard that there's also trainings that, that kind of teach along those lines, but I'm sure it has, you know, the training encompasses something along the lines of hyperventilating and then holding your breath for a longer period of time to kind of play with maybe the parasympathetic and the sympathetic. So you're kind of revving the body up and you're teaching it to calm down, to be very flexible when it comes to, and being able to be in control, right? I mean, that's, that's the power, I think, of any of these practices is being able to understand that you have so much power in just your breath and it's free <laughs> to really calm down anxiety or stress. So what have you found and what do you recommend for people who, let's say you found in talking with them that they most likely have adrenal issues or they've been under chronic stress, whether that's from physical stress or psychological stress? What do you recommend? Do you typically recommend doing the longer breathwork sessions or do you recommend them do just the awareness in the day-to-day? -day? Yeah, so I wouldn't recommend them doing the longer breathwork sessions. First, like I said, it's always about breath awareness. Another thing just to, because I didn't mention this earlier, is like noticing when you, like say you get triggered by something, how are you breathing, right? So. Like that's part of breath awareness is the point, you know, the, the reason why I'm bringing that up, but also like your posture. So like, are you hunched over a lot? Like I do that a lot. I have to really be mindful of like, how am I sitting? Because that's going to affect the mechanics of our body. And so I feel like someone who is, has high cortisol levels, they're dealing with a lot of anxiety. Creating just a, what I call like a, a reset breathwork session is creating that flexible nervous system where you're holding at the top, holding at the bottom is a better exercise for someone like that. So they feel used to not always being in that synthetic state mm -hmm. because right, when you're in that chronic anxious state and you're not breathing because you are, you have trouble holding your breath, your carbon dioxide levels are lower. And so practicing holding the breath is helping you increase those levels which is then helping your stress response, which is then ultimately helping your anxiety. Mm -hmm. So is that so the same then, sorry, is that the same then for like the Wim Hof style breathing where you're still tapping into that sympathetic state, but there's a lot of breath holds. Is that still going to have that same positive effect or is that going to send someone with adrenal and cortisol issues kind of over the edge? Yeah, that's a good question. There's so for example, if you're breathing in through the mouth, which is what you recommend, that's tapping into more of the sympathetic state. So you could do it at a slower rate. So like, you know, bringing in through the nose versus the mouth, doing it slower, holding it for a lot less time than what he recommends. You know, it's it's titrating, right? Like how we recommend supplementation, titrating with breathwork. I just kind of read that up right now, but it's true. Like you don't need to go full on, like pedal to the metal your first time with Wim Hof because a lot of times you're going to feel like you're freaking the F out, mm -hmm. especially if you are overstimulated like a lot of us are. And so it's really just looking at, you know, how can you start to breathe longer, slower, hold your breath? How long can you hold your breath? You know, if it's 10 seconds, awesome. Can you hold it for 20 seconds? Next week, 
you know, like slowly starting to find improvements with that is the, I think that's the best recipe for someone who's dealing with anxiety and being mindful. Like when you're, like I said, what triggers you? So like if you're working and you feel dysregulated because you are scared to do presentation or go on social media, or you have a deadline with some, you know, program that you're creating something like that. How are you breathing when you're working? A lot of times, you know, like I'll, you know, your shoulders will be up towards your ears. You'll be short and shallow breathing. So like even right there, you can feel more safety in your body coming back to the nervous system. If you start to control that breath, mm-hmm. relaxer, and then just be more mindful of how am I breathing? And the reason why, you know, the longer breathwork sessions wouldn't be as beneficial. It's more beneficial if you're doing it more frequently versus just one time a month. I mean, you're going to get an effect, right? Kind of what Krista was talking about earlier. You might tap into an idea or creativity might flow through. You might release stored emotion. That is necessary. Mm-hmm. But if you're really wanting to find a remedy for anxiety, that isn't going to be the best thing that's going to help the anxiety while term. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know with like cold water therapy or ice baths, like that really builds up your stress resilience and kind of is training that nervous system response, right? But you have to have mastered your breath, or at least I find anyway. If you just go and jump straight into an ice bath or even I found when I started doing cold showers, if I just turn it straight to cold and I haven't regulated my breathing, the body almost goes into that panic state and like shifts a lot of what what the breath is doing. And so can you touch on that a little bit and like how I guess all of this integrates because it's all really a form of biohacking in a sense too, to help us control, you know, our stress response, our stress resilience, our chemistry in our body, like you said. Yeah. So I did an ice bath for the first time, maybe like in 2018, I would say. And we practiced breathing before and it still knocked the breath out of me as soon as I got it. (laughs) I was like, but wait, we did, we did breathing. Like, is this supposed to happen? So coming back to like, that's the trigger right? The ice cold bath is the trigger. The body, we have something called neuroception where our body, it's our, it's our ability to detect danger, a threat in our environment. And so when we get into the ice bath, this neuroception kicks on where it's like, oh, we're in danger. So the first thing that changes is our breath. Our breath changes, right? Because when we're in danger, the blood rushes through our muscles away from our digestive tract because we get the signal like we are in danger. We need to run. So we have fast little legs, fast arms, so we can run. Our breath changes, our thought patterns change, our chemistry in our bodies change, our feelings change. And so coming back to the breath and just really slow breaths in, like this wouldn't be a good time to do box breathing. It would be a really good time to do conscious breathing, which is just circular breathing, breathing in as long as you can four or five seconds exhaling out for longer than your inhale. So when you're exhaling out longer than the inhale, you're tapping more to the parasympathetic state versus if you're just doing like three and three, I would say like, you know, breathe in five seconds, breathe in seven or breathe out seven seconds so that your body is getting the signal like, hey, we're safe. We're good. Like this is just cold water. We're actually not going to die. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you for sharing that because I think a lot of the times we go and jump into these things because it's trending like just like you said breath works almost a fad same with the ice baths or you know you can jump into saunas because like what's what everyone's doing it's what you see on social media but 
it's actually really important to prime your nervous system. And then even when you're in that experience, like you said, you still jumped in even after doing breath work and it was still the shock. So having the tools to regulate through, and it's amazing how when you do, I know personally, like when you do regulate your breath during those experiences, you're able to drop in a lot deeper. You get so much more out of the ice bath or so much out of the cold shower just because you're in such a calm state which you're controlling through your breath right and another thing just to touch on that really tuning in and seeing how do you feel after you do the ice bath how do you feel after you do a peak experience breathwork session if you feel more drained and tired after that means it probably is not a good time for you to do it because your adrenals are yeah that's a good indicator just for people who are kind of doing it without guidance just to check in and after and how do i feel with it. I think most people are either doing this for health optimization mm-hmm. or two other main reasons, if I had to guess, would be anxiety and would be falling asleep. So can you share maybe two different practices or one, if it applies to both, something very simple that the listeners could just move forward with and just experiment because it's safe, it's easy, it's quick, you could do it anywhere. What are kind of, yeah, some breathing techniques that you would recommend for anxiety and for sleep? Yeah. So the two that I love for anxiety, and this is the fastest way to change the chemistry in your body, by the way, is to breathe in for two breaths. So we can kind of do this together where you breathe in, where you go, breathe in, pause, breathe in, and then exhale out with a sigh. And if you do that for about, you know, six to 10 rounds, that can really help anxiety. I do want to say also, if you're doing this breathing, make sure you're not driving or you're by water and make sure you're not standing up just because you can get lightheaded anytime you do breath work. So just a safety caution, (laughs) safety precaution. So that would be the first one. The second one, I love doing this. And I noticed that I, I do this anyway, like a lot, like it's just, I call it the, just the Friday sigh. So whenever like it's Friday and you're like, "Ah," like you get to be obnoxious. You get to be dramatic. I love being dramatic. <laughs> in my astrology chart. But you just do that for 10 times in a row. And like, literally, like, pause this podcast right now and try it out. Take a deep breath in. And then just go. And do that 10 times in a row. You will feel a difference in your chemistry. So those two for anxiety are fabulous. And then I would say for sleep, just doing, you know, breathing in for four breaths or four breaths, four seconds, and then holding for three seconds and then exhaling out for seven. See if you can do that. There are two little breath work called sunset and sunrise. And so sunset, you're actually breathing in. So you're going to breathe in for three seconds, four seconds, anything like that. Breathe in and then you breathe out for three or four seconds and then you pull for three or four seconds so it kind of makes a triangle so breathe in breathe out hold and then if you want to wake up like in the morning you could do sunrise which is breathe in hold breathe out so it kind of makes an upside down triangle breathe in hold at the top breathe out that'll kind of energize you a little bit kind of similar to box breathing so that'll get you a little more focused primed and then the just breathing in and breathing out, holding at the bottom will help the body calm down. So those are two breath works you can do for that. Again, the other one was breathing in for like four seconds, hold for three, exhale for seven. Okay, so really- long exhales with sleeping. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're doing the sunset, that one's just breathing in, 
breathing out, holding at the bottom, all for equal amounts. So like if your number's five, do it for five, five, five. Yeah, those are the two that I really like. What about alternating nostril breathing? I've seen that. What do you use it for? Do you like it? I love it. So to be honest, I don't really use it, but I have used it in the past and it is great for, don't know what I've heard this is great for. If you're about to go online shop and you don't want to, it'll help. (laughs) It's not funny. Interesting. Yeah. So what it helps you do is it helps you be more focused in your mind and be more logical. So like it also gives you a real calm response. So if you feel like you're about to go online shop and you're like, should I really be buying this right now? Do you not And then it's <laughs> the urge that you don't really want to do, but you're, yeah, you have an affinity for it. So describe this alternating nostril breathing. Oh my gosh. So I'm not good at it, to be honest, because this isn't something that I really practice or recommend. But from what I remember, you hold one nostril and breathe out first, and then you switch and you breathe in with the other nostril, holding the other side with your finger, breathe in, and then holding, breathe out. So you or, yeah. You, yes. And you alternate between your thumb and your forefinger. Is that right? Sheree, have you done this? Yes. Yeah, so you pop, and it's a yoga practice. So you pop the two fingers next to your thumbs, so your index finger, your middle finger on the forehead. You pop your thumb on your left nostril and your forefinger sorry your ring finger on your right and you breathe in through one block and then breathe out through the other nostril okay so you breathe through and then you breathe in through the same nostril block it off and breathe out so you're actually going up down and then you're going up and down but like you're you're alternating through each nostril as you're breathing the yogic term for nadi shadana okay there you go i like that one too yeah I know that I'm not sure which one, but one of them activates like your creative side and one of them activates your logic side. So like what you were saying before with the sunset and the sunrise, one of them can make you like way more alert. I just can't remember which one is which. And one of them can make you like far more calm. So if you just want to like activate the calming side, you breathe through, like, for example, you're right and you just breathe in and out through and you block the left. Same goes for if you want to hype yourself up, you block the left and you breathe in through. So... I'm not sure which way it is around, so I can pop that. We can pop that in the show notes when we figure that out. But yeah, I do know that that's really, really powerful from that perspective too. Love that. So Megan, you, I, I love that we've talked about kind of a variety: the longer, the before ice baths for anxiety, for sleep. Who is breathwork not for? Who would you recommend? You know, and and are these you know some of these like box breathing or the sunrise sunset are those safe for everybody yeah what are your recommendations around precautions i guess around playing around with these ideas breathwork is for everybody except you know the breathwork practices that i mentioned today are not for if you are pregnant like if you're pregnant you can still do breathing you can still practice functional breathwork right um that's why i said it's for everybody and you can do more of a Heart coherence breath work is what we call it. And that's just where you're elongating your inhales and exhales and finding a rhythm that feels just really soothing for your body. Also, if you have epilepsy, seizures, things like that, you should not be doing any of the breath work, like the peak experience breath work. Functional breathing is for everybody. And I highly recommend everyone tuning in and just noticing how they're breathing in their everyday breathing. And, you know, if you're a mouth breather at night, you can check out getting some tape because that can cause, you know, think about it. How, how often do we sleep third of our lives? You know, is that right? I don't know. I don't think it's half because no one sleeps 
maybe some people sleep for 12 hours a day. I don't know. <laughs> but that's a big deal. And so, you know, making sure I know I kind of went off track here, but wanted to mention that that mouth tape can be really effective for people who are mouth breathing. Also, there is, I can recommend, of course, if you have a deviated septum, that's, you know, a mechanical blockage in your nose. If you just have trouble breathing, there's a course that that's somebody, it's a very cheap course too. I want to say it's like $30 or something by this guy that I can give y'all, you know, people are interested in just, you know, how do you breathe if you have that? But yeah, those would be the main people who should not be doing the peak experience breath work. What about big trauma? Because I think, like you said, a lot of emotions can be shifted with this. And so if someone's got, like they haven't integrated some trauma that they may have gone through when they're younger, like is that something you kind of warn people off as well because you don't want it to drop into something they can't handle? Yeah. Yeah, so making sure that the person who's facilitating their training to help you through that. And I've also heard of like therapists being present too. So like if we do a session on Zoom and they're seeking, they're seeing the therapist for their trauma, they can join. Yeah. But for the most part, I've never had an experience where, I mean, y'all know, we, I kind of work with people where that can come up too, but it's nothing that they can't handle. And really you're always in control of your breath. You can you know, turn it up or turn it down based on how the rhythm or the rate and the depth of your breathing. And so if it does start to feel like it's triggering some things that might be scary. You're always in control and you can stop the breathing and come back to the present moment. But yeah, definitely doing this with a trained facilitator is important. Which is why I like when you said the control, you know, being, I guess, a control freak. But I, you know, for me, like I said, I had, I haven't done any microdosing or anything up, you know, to this point. But what I like about it is that I still feel like I can get a really cool experience and really kind of get under the hood, so to speak, with my emotions or with blocks that maybe I'm having or whatever's coming up for me. But knowing in the back of my mind, I'm in control. Like at any moment, you can stop the breath pattern. You can hold your breath. You can, you know, you can reverse that blood chemistry so that you're kind of back without any residual feelings. So you're in control. So for those of you listening who also feel like you're a little intimidated by maybe some of the deeper work that requires some, you know, microdosing, psilocybin, whatever, the breath work can be really, really powerful for moving through some things, especially if you have a facilitator like Megan or like some of the other people we've mentioned to really walk you through some of these experiences. And I was fascinated by how much it, it did. In, in the way of thinking, in the way of revealing things to me. Yeah, I highly recommend people trying that out. And like we said earlier, you know, after you do the breath work, if you feel more tired, more dysregulated, then you know, like maybe this practice isn't the best for me at this time and I can maybe revisit it later. Even if you do a peak experience, like it's okay. I mean, the body is so resilient and, you know, I love to think about like a lot of the most joyous, blissful things in life are free, breath being one of them. Yeah, no, other nature being another one, being present, like when you're looking into your children or your husband's eyes or someone you love dearly, it's just like, that is so beautiful to be able to do that and really see someone. Same thing with breath work, when you can really learn how to use your breath to feel a difference in your body and in your mind, like why not learn how to do that? Yeah, super cool. It's really where we starting and like life begins and ends with breath and i think we go down this rabbit hole of 
let's do all of these advanced things and things, you know, I'm going to try this and that and this and that and the other thing. And it's like looking at different supplements. And I saw this on Instagram or TikTok. And so I'm going to follow what this person's doing. And it's like a lot of the times we actually just need to come back really and breathe into our bodies and start to regulate our bodies with something like you say, that's so simple that can give us so much joy and so much bliss. And then there's all these beautiful tools that we're now learning with breath that can help enhance that and actually help you move through a lot. So I really appreciate everything you shared today, Megan. Yeah, it's so helpful. And I think if you take nothing away, it's the beginning of the awareness of your breath and how, like we didn't get to a state of burnout or, or dysfunction in our emotions and in our nervous system overnight. So it takes time, but I think it's just the awareness and realizing when and where you're holding tension and breathing into those spaces throughout the day, every day. I read somewhere there was a study done where people literally hold their breath more when they're scrolling on either the computer or their phone. So maybe start there, like, stop, wait, this is what I'm doing. Let me check in with my body. How am I breathing? Right. And it's that over time, over time that the breath, we tell our body, we tell our nervous system we're safe, we're okay. And over time, our body physiologically begins a new habit of state of being. And like you said, it's free and it's powerful and it's it's more powerful than any other herb or drug, right? We just, we can do it through awareness, repetition, and changing patterns. So yeah. how can people find you, Megan? Yeah. So my Instagram handle is I am Megan Warren and my website is Meg Warren Coaching. Those are the two places. Email, I can give it to y'all. Y'all can drop it in the show notes. Again, yeah. places as of now. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, that was amazing. Thank you so much, Megan. Thank you. If you love this episode, be sure to leave us a review, download, and subscribe. If you know someone that could also benefit from this conversation, please share. That's how we spread empowered health. We'll see you again for another episode of the Wild and Wild Collective.